0: Your second wish?
1: I got just a thing. I wish I had my own theme music.
0: Done. I don't hear anything. Get up, try it out.
1: Honor to welcome Jeff Lafrette back to my neighborhood. He never really left. He's one of the few people I've actually seen in the last several months, uh, as we've been locked down in the house. And uh, it was a thrill, uh, certainly made my year. We had a great time talking, catching up, talking about what's going on. And the one thing I do regret is that I did not ask him about the summer that he spent as a cowboy. I'm gonna save that for another time. I hope you enjoy. the people in your neighborhood would you welcome my buddy my brother jeff laffaret
2: hey jeff are you there i am here dude you you are you don't even know how good it is to be back in your neighborhood
1: how sweet it is to be in
2: my neighborhood! Oh man, it is been... be a good lyric. Get... <laughs> Quick, write that down. Write that down. How sweet it is to be uh, yeah. something. Let me give me a minute. Give me a minute.
1: Sorry, are you? You're you're you actually glad to be back in my neighborhood?
2: I'm thrilled to be back in your neighborhood because I, nice. you know what, I I I so miss being in your neighborhood. I saw you alive and in person. Yeah, a couple of months ago, I guess, at, uh, I at, at, at in your neighborhood, actually in, physically neighborhood. in your neighborhood. And it, yeah, was, yeah. it it was like the highlight of of my like year. Like, I'll tell you, because it just felt amazing to see again. And, you know, there are
1: about five people in my life that like if we if there's gaps between um, the moment we connect again, it's like yesterday. It the, no time passes in between. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm grateful for those those friendships. And certainly you, you, the friendship you and I have is one of those where, you know, even if it's like two, three years or whatever, the moment we reconnect, it is we're back on track. Um, oh, yeah. Especially because I'm very simple. <laughs> simple-minded you know like i don't remember things and i've already forgotten like are we, oh we're, we're on a, we're kind of lockdown. i don't know what's going on i've so yeah, already lost that i do want to start with an apology to you though why i yeah. i remember back in the day uh when i was very uh young and naive now i'm just old and naive but <laughs> i remember a time when i i think i think i was at your place and you had the first foo fighters record which was that had the ray gun on the cover
2: oh yeah 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 yeah
1: I was in that like dogmatic, like, oh, I don't know if you should be listening to this, Jeff. Like, I don't, I hope you don't remember this conversation, but I remember being like, I don't know, dude, that guy was in Nirvana. You know what Nirvana (laughs) represents. I was, and I remember just being real down on, on like why you listen to this man it's not edifying it's not this or whatever and now i've seen the foo fighters three times every time the foo fighters sneeze i'm like posting it on facebook like it's just (laughs) it's just not it's i i I have to apologize for that because i don't know you know again that's just where i was at the time and (laughs) i didn't have a comparison chart that said if you like the foo fighters then you might like uh you know uh, hocus (laughs) Hocus pick i don't know yeah
2: This Christian alternative, yeah.
1: You you might like uh, the cry or uh, you know uh, shaded red. I don't know. One yeah. <laughs>
2: oh hey, no no problem. Apology accepted. They were. I mean, I'm still a, a huge fan, and you know, to see them the other day on uh, Saturday Night Live was. I mean, they still got yeah. it. Yeah, it's just incredible. I think that just talented musicians all the way around, and in my mind, they're still the they're the quintessential rock band of our. Of our time, like they're they're just, yeah. uh, I think they bring
1: it. Things. They bring it every time. Oh yeah, and I what I like about them too. Again, again, thank you very much for introducing me to the Foo Fighters. Even though I was resist resistant at the time, I joined the army eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I like about them, and and if you watch, if you seen back and forth that uh, documentary about the about the band, I don't think so. Oh, you got to see that. It's it's basically. I think it was. It's probably 10 years old now, but I think it was the history at the at the 20 year point or 15 year point of the story of the Foo Fighters and how they formed um, after uh, Kurt Cobain died.
2: Mm. Oh, but, wait. Yes, I did see that.
1: Yeah, it's it's really and I think it ends with. Yeah, that's OK. That's the one that ends with Wembley Stadium. Yes, I did. See and they're that. like, dude, we're playing Wembley's like Wembley Stadium's the biggest show we've ever done. We're doing like multiple nights there. And then they went, OK, we've done Wembley Stadium like what next and yeah, then they okay. changed it up and they changed it up and they wrote uh that album and then they change it up again and they do a documentary it's like i love the fact that they they literally try to keep it interesting for themselves
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and not everybody's on board like uh, this new single i've seen more people that are bold enough to be or stupid enough to get on their page and be like this is the worst thing you've ever written i'm like who are you you're sitting at home (laughs) in your basement (laughs) exactly (laughs) telling the foo fighters feeling like they're listening to you telling them yeah this is terrible you're awful you're terrible now you haven't written a good album since uh you know since back uh, since uh i don't even know whatever yeah in your honor yeah one of those
3: yeah but people are like
1: yeah people are feel very comfortable telling you know thinking they're talking to the band and telling them you should stop but I, I love the fact that this single sounds different than anything they've ever done.
2: Oh, it totally does. It really, uh, it's something else. And they're working with that. Are they working with the same producer that did? Uh, uh, oh, the guy that they, uh, I can't remember his name now. There, there was a short little documentary thing that they, like, an animated documentary thing that they put out.
1: Oh, right, that's right. Uh, yes. Same,
2: same guy that did like the Sia record, and and yep. uh, it's the same, same producer, I think.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's right. Cool that's right yeah I'll, I'll pull the name i can't remember who it was uh, but yeah that in- animated video was great
2: yeah it totally was
1: but they change it up like yeah. they're like yeah like, they totally... like we've done wembley stadium like we've done they brought out didn't they bring out like half a led zeppelin onto the stage with them at that show like it was like where do you go from where do you go from there oh you yeah either, either wrap it up right yeah. or you find a new way to keep it interesting and with every album since then they've done something that's that's changed it up. And I really, I appreciate that.
2: Oh yeah. And I mean, there's always, there's something to be said for longevity, whether that, you know, whether they're selling out hit records at number one, I don't care what anybody says. If you tell literally anybody, the Foo Fighters, they know who they are.
3: Oh sure. Like, yeah. And,
2: and they, they're, they're still coming out with records and they still sell a lot of records and, and, and in a climate where rock music isn't necessarily the thing du jour. It, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's saying a lot.
1: I think it was kind of rude of them to release a video on the same day we released uh, Feel This, but.
2: Why they didn't even bother calling.
1: <laughs> you know, you Said know it was on their radar.
2: Shoot us a tweet, yeah. Like they didn't know that the Leader Dogs record was coming out. Of Come on. Of course they did. Thanks, thanks Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Thanks thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Dick move, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, That's thanks for right. nothing. Thanks for nothing. <laughs>
1: Man, so you and I again. You and I have been friends for years. Oh well, as far God. as I know, as far as I know, <laughs>
2: yeah. well, I don't think we ever stopped. So yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, I've I've, but, I've been friends with you longer than I've been alive. So that's uh, no. That's, not, <laughs> that's is that right? Amazing. No, uh... that is pretty astounding. <laughs>
1: how did you like? Okay, you turned me on to the Foo Fighters, for which yeah. I'll be eternally grateful. Okay, yeah. uh, but also other music as well. Uh, how did you get into music in the first place?
2: Uh, you know, I think I always liked it since I was a a kid. It was, I was like rock music. My brother was into a lot of like of the Christian music at the time. And and I would steal a lot of his records, like the, you know, the the early Petra records and, and, uh, Larry Norman and a lot of that, that type of stuff. But he also had other things that he had like the cars and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that, that I I got Asia and just all random stuff that, I would listen to and things I liked, things I didn't and, you know, whatever. So there that, that was kind of there. And then he would go early on to uh, on Tuesday nights to wheels, roller skating. And that's oh. where I, that's where I met you. Or at least okay. that's, at least that's where I remember my first recollections of you, because you were you were DJing there at the time. That and was, was, And yes. that's where and that's where like you were the guy that knew. First of all, Ryan was the cool guy and, and that, that everybody you either knew them or you wanted to those
1: days are those days are over, days are over. <laughs> nobody said that in a long time
2: well i'm saying it now 2020 well thank you very much thank i'm you, saying thank it you. now uh, thank like, you. That, and so and it's but but you had a lot of those like you'd go and you'd spin what was new and cool and exciting and fun and and so there were there were bands that i heard like honestly like striper and that type of thing that i heard from going to there because you were spinning it Right. And, and, yeah. and, I, and so I thought that was really cool. So I think I'd always really been a fan of music, but I I didn't play anything. Like, I just, I mm. didn't, you know, and, and I had a. a you you a, weren't
1: playing when you were that, those ages? You, were, no, you no. weren't drumming? No, no, oh. I didn't. No, in wow. fact,
2: I became, I was a late bloomer. I actually, I started my mom. I begged my mom when I was like, I, I don't even know, dude, grade seven, grade eight or something silly like mm-hmm. that. And I, and I said, you know, can I, can I have a guitar? I, I just did, desperately wanted a guitar because I want to learn because I want to be a rock star. She, right. So she, she bought me this guitar and she bought me a little amp and, and I was horrible at it. And it I tried and I I could learn a few chords, but it just, it didn't really, it felt like a, an itchy shirt. Like it just didn't really didn't click, didn't click. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, my thing. No. It wasn't until I went to, I had a neighbor, Jeff St. Pierre lived two houses up from, from mine. And I remember it, Jeff. Yeah. It, yeah he, he and I went out to, he played guitar. You just kind of started playing and, and he right. had some friends who, who were playing music and he had this, this buddy of his. Fabian, who his, we went, we went out to some car show. I think it was Autorama in Detroit. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and nice. we, we came back, we went to Fabian's house and his brother had this old set of, of uh, a pearl kit. And it was, huh? I remember it was like a black sparkly, it just looked wicked. Right. And and his brother wasn't home at the time. And, and I said, and so Fabian sat down and he kind of, you know, tapped around on it a little bit. And I said, C- can I try that? And he says, y- yes, but if my brother <laughs> comes home, i I can't protect you you know like that's right that's right so i said okay and but i had no idea how to do it i said what do i do and he kind of showed me and then all it was just like a kick kick snare kick snare and i did it and i was like it clicked i'm like i can do this i think i can do this and this this would have been like grade 10 okay like something like that you know and so right right so it was late in the game and that's when i so i begged my mom you know i got home I wanna have a drum set. And surprisingly, my mom was like, Well you, you could if you take some lessons, yes, but you but I'll I'll go rent you a, a kit. So we rented the the crappiest drum kit we could from Long McQuaid and I took a couple of lessons and then I just didn't like it. I wanted to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And and that was it. And that's where it took off. And then I would just come home after school, after high school, every day. And put on my headphones and try and absorb every piece of music that I possibly could and try and, and pl- learn and play and do whatever. And I just honestly just taught myself how to, how to do it from there.
1: Wow. Did it help living out in the county to be able to, to drum as much as you want without neighbors, like,
2: right up on you? Was oh. that a good thing? Oh, probably. And I, I think the other the other part about it that was cool is, is my mom had, uh, she worked a midnight shift. Right. So she, uh, well, she, the, the funny thing was I, I give her, I actually give her a lot of credit because she would, <clears throat> pardon me, she would either be out working, or when she did come home, she would, she would allow me to just come home. There was no, hey, yeah, the neighbors were spaced out enough and she would just let me play quiet, <laughs> you know, and, and just be loud and make noise and, and, you know, whatever. And she would, in fact, when, as later years went on and I'd have bands come over and we'd practice at the house, she would actually sleep somehow in the room next to where we were practicing and then get up and go to work. Really, I'm just shocked that she would actually let me do it, but she, she totally did. Yeah. She was so, yeah, she was very supportive that way. She was
1: able to condition herself to say, I'm going to sleep now and
2: I'll wake up uh, when I need to go. Yeah. Through these crappy bands that Jeff plays (laughs) in, I'm going to go and yeah.
1: Well, one of the, and one of the things that I loved about your mom was that she was like the soccer mom for musicians. Yeah. She, like, as you said, we've already heard this already, you know, you said, I want to play guitar and she supported you. And you said, I want to play drums and she supported you. She definitely
2: was, you know, one of your biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. I mean, she, the funny, and you know, what's funny about that dude is she wasn't, she wasn't, she was because she, she, you know, I know this is what Jeff wants to do, but the other thing was she was a very Baptist woman and she was very against the idea of like music in the church. And I think she really like, well, music in the church. Yes. The music I played in the church. Oh no. You know, right, right, drums in the church. I, I think we thinks not. You know that that was not that was not a good thing. So sure, yeah. So she was always very concerned. She didn't like me going, and you know, like when I joined Leader Dogs and did you know all those things. She didn't like. She was like, oh, I don't think you're doing, I don't think you're doing what God would want you to do because I don't feel like this is is you know I'm not going to stop you. You're a grown right, man. You can right, do what you want. Yeah. But, but you you know, but I don't believe in it. You know, and but she would still like with Crutch, They they joke about how you know gloria's toast because the the band would come and stay at the house and my mom would make breakfast for everybody and so she she loved everybody but she Mm -hmm. didn't she didn't really support the music in and of itself she was like she she, she's like i don't like the style i don't like any of that and she never came to any of my shows ever Hmm. never once well no i lie she came once and she heckled believe it or not she came which
1: which show is this which which we played
2: we uh 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 overtaken Okay, yep. And it was one of our very first shows. We sucked. I mean, let's be honest, we did. And and we we played at uh, some church. It was like a talent show type of a thing. And most of the people okay, at the church yep. were, you know, coming in and playing a piano and doing whatever. And then over <laughs> overtaking waving flags. Oh, 100%. And then and then overtaking goes up there and just tears <laughs> tears into it. I would and, have loved to have been there. And Damn. and and, yeah, and and then as soon as we stop, of course, the place is empty and you just hear that one golf clap in the background like a- <laughs> And and so the pastor walks up at the end and he goes and he goes hey guys that was great and my mom from the back goes ha <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, the Nelson months from the Simpsons yeah right right. <laughs> So it was just that, that, she did she did that. So I was just horrified. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, that's a, that's a really long thing to say. She she was supportive, not necessarily in the way that some parents were. But, right, right, right. But she was still
1: very supportive. But yeah, but that that's is how, a good, that that is a good story though. But you that's can how your mom, mom doing it. that. <laughs> wow. But was yeah. there anybody? Was there anybody you saw? Okay, was there anybody you saw that you went and you saw them on stage and you said, "I could do that." was there somebody that inspired you or a band? Or...
2: Uh I th- well, you know, my brother back in the day had probably the first band that I was like, oh yeah, man, like I really got to I, I really wanted to play was was Rush. My brother had uh, uh Rush Hold Your Fire. It was a fairly new record at the or did he have it? No, he did not have it. My I don't know where I fell into it then. I think I think I you did, shoplifted they, it, obviously. Oh, I think so. Yeah, Clearly, I did. Yeah, we were yeah. on a youth group. I remember being on a youth group trip, and we went to the mall for some reason, and I don't know why, but we all we all went to the mall, and everybody was walking around doing their thing. I went to the music store, and it was the very first record I would ever bought, like record that wasn't a Christian record, mm. in, in my yeah, own, yeah. with my own money, and I went and bought Rush Hold Your Fire on tape. Mm. Still got it, and nice, uh, and uh, it was. But that was probably the band that shaped me the most. I think I just loved. I loved Neil Peart, and I I loved the writing, and and I was really super into the whole thing. So I I just wanted to like like pretty much every other drummer out there. I was like, I'm gonna be this guy, and so right. So Rush was the was the big was the jump off point where I first started. as Plus, a you're Canadian. I mean, it's by law you have to. You I have think to like so. Rush. That and the Tragically Hip. Yeah, we've got yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, you can't go to the cottage without the hip. You know, <laughs> that's right. That type of thing. Yeah, so I I would say I would say them. But nice. yeah, I, but other than that I would say that yeah like but yeah a lot of to to circle back, a lot of like the early stuff that I I heard and the music that I got into. I got into because you played it. And oh. and and that was because it was stuff that that I, you had turned me on to and then later on as as you and and Jason Newitz were doing the the True Groove. Yeah. That's where I heard a lot more stuff was because you guys were spinning it you were, yeah, you were an integral part of the true groove
1: as well. It was, it was always fun whenever you sat in with us because it was just,
2: it was just mayhem. Like it's just, it's, it's, you know. It's mayhem. Exactly. Uh, it was totally exactly mayhem. Exactly
1: what our show was.
2: <laughs> it was totally mayhem, but it was fun because even if you were like, you know, you'd go out to youth group, it was on Friday nights. Right. Yeah. And, and you could go out to youth group as a as a youth group kid or whatever. And, and, and afterward you were, you know, whether we were going to Taco Bell there on Dougal or, right, you know, whatever you could put the, put the true groove on yeah. and, and then go and and just be bumping something new and, and go over to Taco Bell and hang out for a bit and then pop over to the studio. You know, it was, yeah. it was that was fun, man.
1: I mean both at, more so at the at the uh, roller rink uh, kids there's these things called roller rinks where you could go and skate for and just skate in circles skate in circles for hours oh, yeah. and hours yeah. it makes no sense when you talk about it but it, it, it was actually a lot of fun yeah but I remember I was the guy that brought in mortal I brought in you know yes <laughs> I brought in striper that was kind of the gateway from the beginning but I brought in stuff I brought in scattered few I remember I tried that at the rink that didn't mm-hmm. go over well <laughs> uh, but I didn't I didn't really care. I was like, I you know what it was, I was kinda like Chappelle at the at the record break. <laughs> I didn't care if people loved what I was playing because I knew I could get like ten kids that were like totally into it. Yes. And I was playing it for those ten kids because it was new, it was edgy, and it was it was more creative than anything else they were playing.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. 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 One of
1: my one of my proudest moments is do you remember there's a band called Mad at the World?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And they
1: had this the song was called Isn't Sex a Wonderful Thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's a very the lyrics are great, except that when all you can hear is the chorus repeating over and over again. <laughs> it's it's I literally had the option of turning it off or I kind of winding it down. And I'm like, no, I'm just gonna let this play till the end.
3: <laughs>
1: and so constantly got all these like, you know, young single kids hearing, Isn't sex a wonderful thing? <laughs> it was one of my proudest one of my proudest moments as a DJ, I'm not gonna yes.
2: lie. Oh Not man! Lie, so, but if yeah, you the lyrics
1: in between, they really make sense. But yeah, uh, oh, absolutely, that was a great record. The, bo- the, the booming chorus was pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> and I loved all that. But that, again, a lot of that stuff came from, from like hanging out with you, mm, uh, yeah. hearing about that music, and then hearing stuff like you know Cameron's whatever would come in new. I'd go in and the Bible bookstore and kind of check that stuff out, and then it wasn't. A, and I think mostly that's where I kind of uh, early on it was a lot of Christian records. You know, I heard yeah. a lot of uh, Christian yeah. records growing up and then, and then I really, you know, I really don't know where it kind of, you know, I got into rush. I kind of just, I think just like everybody else, you turn the record on or turn the radio on and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I got into a lot of other music and then I just found that I just loved it. I just, I knew yeah. I wanted to play and I didn't know I, I wasn't a great drummer. I could do it, but I wasn't great. But uh, the luckily the whole grunge movement came in mm-hmm. and you didn't have to be great. So right, it, right, yeah. it worked out excellent, that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> and w- was overtaking your first band uh sort of yes, like I, so okay. when I first started playing, I was in grade ten, grade eleven uh, I guess what i what I should say is I started yeah, kind of messing around in grade ten, but it was really grade eleven where I kind of started to play, and I said, by the time I leave grade twelve, mm-hmm. I am going to like i we had a high school talent show at Bell River High School, and I wanted to. I wanted to be in it, and I wanted to do a Rush song. Like, I was like, no, I'm I'm doing this. So I, there were a couple of guys from school, and we kind of put a little band together. We never did anything. I think we played maybe one show outside of the talent show, and that was it. And and I can't remember what we were called. And I can't remember who was in the band. That's what's <laughs> terrible about it. But right, we, right. But, but we, we did three songs. We did Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Uh nice. We did Working Man by Rush. Mm-hmm. And... I cannot remember the third song, but anyway, but that was the goal was to do this. So that was the first band I was in and then overtaken was, just, yeah, I just, I, you know, I met Don and, and Dennis and, at, at, uh, at, at a youth group thing and Don was the coolest guy because I had not met his brother first, but I met Don first and, and Don showed up to like worship stuff and he had like that huge Marshall stack with both cabinets, like <laughs> pile on top of each other. And it yeah, was like four trips from the car. Oh dude. And he had like the, the big like Gibson flying V <laughs> and, and we'd get talking about it, and I was like, Oh man, he loved Metallica and he loved all these super heavy bands. And yeah. and so he and I yep. hit it off really well. And and so he's like, Well, I got a brother and he plays bass and so we should uh we should we should start a band. And so that was really the first like I was with nice. like, those, those guys for about four or five years and Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the
1: cassette right here, actually.
2: Oh god. That I've probably man. got a I've probably you got a rush cassette.
1: I've got my love is love is Nails, love his nails.
2: <laughs> he love his nails. See yeah. my, you can tell my my
1: eyesight's. <laughs> <weaker. Yeah. laughs> love is love is. Oh, pull it back. There it is. Love is nails. Yes, love is that's brother. Right. Yeah, that an eight that. song, and an eight song recording.
2: Yes, that was uh yeah. That was the first, and it was horrible. But we, you know, but it was a good experience. Like it, you yeah. learn, yeah. I learned about recording through that. I learned about like doing shows and what it was like to to play in front of no people, and right. uh, and still to you know try and get better at what you did and and that sort of thing. And it was through. I guess I would say it was through that that, and because you were doing a lot of, you were doing a lot of shows at the time.
1: You had you had an outlet for airplay too
2: through our show, right? I did. In yeah, fact, yeah. I'm sure if I dig through the archives here, because for some reason I I can't seem to get rid of anything. I'm sure I have the tape because I, I think I recorded it of of us being on the show for the first time with you and Jason. Right. I'm sure it's right. here somewhere. Oh, that'd
1: be if you can find that, that'd be amazing. Oh yeah, dude. I'd happily post that for sure. But that yeah, I'm, that sure, would... I'm sure it's quality fine radio, like oh. no no dead air. Nope. I'm sure it's all perfectly. Well, even if there is dead air, we can fix it now. This is even better. <laughs> <laughs> we, live, we live in very good times. Yeah. <laughs> so you did overtake in. you you, you guys were yeah we had to play at least a couple times. I remember seeing you guys live. It was awesome. Yep. And you ended the last song on, on your cassette is a song called Wake Up. Oh which yeah, which really kind of leads us to our next chapter of oh. you and I driving to Flint because you probably said "wake up to me" about uh, a dozen times every trip.
2: <laughs> How appropriate is that? Oh my gosh, dude! Yes, absolutely. Well, it was through, <laughs> so through one of those shows that you, that you were hosting. And what was the name mm. of that? What was the name of that theater? The Tivoli Theater. Tivoli, that's the it. Tivoli, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Right, you downtown were, Windsor. You were you were uh, doing a bunch of shows. At, at the at the tivoli with like all mm-hmm, kinds of bands. yeah and that was cool because there was i remember one in particular we did and it was like we were we were overtaken got to play with uh this band called lost tribe mm-hmm, a, yeah. and and another one called premonition and the why that's important obviously is because premonition uh was was headed by derek yeah uh, and and lost tribe was with uh, Grant and Andy and Dwight of, Mm -hmm. uh, and those guys were all instrumental in the leader dogs record. So, right. Excuse me. So then, yeah. yeah, And you guys, so I went to the show one night and you guys were to the radio show and you guys were playing this new record and it was, and it was leader dogs. And you were like, Hey, do you know who's in this band? And it was, it was so grant, this guy, Lyndon, Mm -hmm. who I had never, I had not met before, but those two wrote it. And you were like, that's Derek singing. Yeah. And I'm like, no way, dude. And it just, it was sonically huge. It was, it was like, it was like nothing else at its, in its time. Like Right. Yeah. And You, you know how it was at that time. Like you couldn't, especially Christian labels, they would. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the typical here's here was in, in uh, the way I saw it was the, the business model for how tooth and nail worked. <laughs> oh, please tell me. Here's here's how this works. <laughs> I will find any band that may or may not have some sort of a whiff of maybe somebody might be interested in them. And I'm going to sign them to our label. I'm yep. going to give them as little amount of money as possible to uh-huh. less, report- than, less than minimum wage. Less than minimum wage to record a record, Mm -hmm. but then we have contractually have them. So if for some reason one of those bands somehow, some way hits, we got them. And exactly, yeah. And so everything that was coming out at the time that was quote unquote new or fresh was horrible. It just sounded bad. It just the recording wasn't there. It it was bad. And and they didn't didn't put any money into it. There's no money into it.
1: And and at that point, you had to have money to to do a decent recording. You you did. Uh, Home studios were not what they are
2: today. They are not. No, it, yeah. it it just was not. Yeah, you just couldn't. You couldn't do that. You needed the you needed the financial backing. And so, yeah. It, yeah. When you guys played the Leader Dogs record, it it was like that. It had production that was like this is not like anything else. The writing mm, was great. Right. The the tones were huge. The like I'm like what I don't get what this is. and then to come to find out, these are guys we knew. just mm-hmm. that, yeah. that just blew my mind. So it was, it was after, so it was after that show, I went home and there was a, uh, there was a note. My mom had gone, my mom had gone to work, I think, or whatever. And she had left a a note that said, Derek from premonition called and he left his number. I'm like, this (laughs) is the weirdest thing just after, after that show. And I didn't bother calling him back. Like, I just like, I don't know why, because I'm just terrible that way. I didn't, I didn't bother calling him back next week. I go to, I, and I, I think I told Jason about it or something during the week. And I came back the next week and he said, Hey, if you, did you call Derek? What'd he say? I said, why did not call him back? He's like, you dummy. He's like, <laughs> go outside. Do not come back to the studio until you've talked to him. So I was sure. like, Oh, okay. So I went and I called him and sure enough, he's like, yeah, I'm in this band called leader dogs. And Mm -hmm. we're doing the Cornerstone show, uh, a festival, and we're kind of, we're not a band, but we're trying to be a band and we need a drummer. Are you interested? I'm like, you've got to be (laughs) kidding me right now. Like, I felt like, you know, that, that uh, Mark Wahlberg movie, the rock star, when he, when he gets the call and he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. He hangs up the phone and then he calls back and it's like, no, 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 this is really. You know, whomever the band was called, I forget, but you know, that, that type of thing, that's what it was like. It was, it, and I was just, okay. And automatically you're the guy, you know, and, and sure, I, yeah. I auditioned and I was the guy, but, and that, but I say all that to say they were, what I loved about those guys is they, they had this work ethic that they were like, we are not going to, and I think this is a lot of Linden's, Linden's driving. They're not going to half step on anything. Right. If yeah. if we're gonna do it, if five people come and see us, if five thousand people come and see us, it doesn't matter. Yep. We're gonna make sure that that the writing is there. We've practiced. We sound amazing. We're not gonna go up there in half step. It's just not gonna. We're not doing that. So we would go mm-hmm. over there three nights a week, just to, just to practice from from Bell River. Right. Stop stop in Windsor. Pick you up. Yep, <laughs> and then drive to Flint. Go through the border, drive to
1: Flint, Michigan.
2: Like it was like a three hour like round trip from Bell River yeah. all the way oh, to yeah. go and do this thing three nights a week plus working and whatever. But the <laughs> to your point, this is really long to preable able to say. Obviously, we were tired. Yeah, and 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 we'd get over there and we'd be talking and you know all the way, and then we'd be we'd be driving back, and then we'd be I, you know whatever. Oh yeah, I think that chorus went really well. Silence. <laughs> And I look over, and there's you, like just mid-sentence passed out. Like, I'm like, <laughs> okay. So we go through Flint, or we go through, you know, Pontiac, and we get we get into to get into Detroit, and we're starting to just kind of roll in, where the you know, the like closer to downtown, and you'd reanimate. And I and I that. thought the chorus was absolutely amazing. And so we go on, I'm like, what the what is this? And I look over and you just start talking again, like. Like the, the, it just like you needed to just take a, a a pregnant pause there, and then you just come right back. It was the it, craziest it, thing.
1: It's like I didn't even notice that like you know thirty miles had passed since <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep in Flint and woke up in Detroit, which are not really that close. The,
2: the best part was this wasn't like a one-off thing. This would happen well, all the time. It was yeah, it was yeah. so funny. But, yeah.
1: And then and then uh, you kept me alive. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm here today <laughs> because you, you stayed awake. If we had both had that problem, we'd have a whole different ending to the story. So oh, thank you. you for the Foo Fighters, and thanks for keeping me alive.
2: Exactly. Hey, no problem, man. It's so Defoe. what was it like?
1: What was it like? I mean, you, you were in the band playing Cornerstone. How was that?
2: Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been to Cornerstone, so I mm-hmm. didn't know what to expect. And And to go from playing with, like, you know, Overtaken and there's nobody there. Right through, to yeah. to playing at Cornerstone and everybody's there, it was crazy. And you'd see bands like just walking by that that you were like, "Yo, man, that's whoever." You know, there's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got that record, dude. That's so and so right there. That's crazy. So it was yeah. a big, it was a big deal. And just I I think I was proud of the fact that we had we practiced as hard as we did, and we I think I think we sounded really good. I was really 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 happy and proud of the the guys. And so yeah, yeah. Cornerstone was. Oh, my gosh, dude. I was so, so proud and so happy to be in that band. And it was fun to hear other bands that we looked up to and, and other bands that, that I liked that, that would come by the, the booth and just say, hey, I heard the record. I, I really I really dig it. And it was like, oh, my gosh, Like that, you just feel like you're on top of the world. It was. It was yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen at Cornerstone yeah that was awesome and, and i mean yeah. even guys like like mikey bridges i remember him walking up from sometime sunday and and uh and they were really big at the time and right yeah he came in and was just like yeah man i love the record and great to talk to you guys and what yeah so he was just it just really that was huge man wow amazing loved it well let's let's take a minute and hear a word from our sponsor
0: new from rca victor handiest tv set ever built RCA Victor personal TV, light enough to take anywhere. Wonderful. What's that? A detachable stand. Tilts for easy viewing. How's the picture? Sharp, clear. It's RCA Victor picture quality. Where's the antenna? It's hiding here. And there's even a connection for an outside antenna if needed. Make RCA Victor's new personal TV your very own set. Keep it in your bedroom. Watch the shows you want to see. Or use it in your office. Watch important newscasts, ball games. In your kitchen. Anywhere in your home. Also ideal as a second set. What's it cost? Lowest priced RCA Victor ever. Only $125 in three modern colors. Pick it up at your RCA Victor dealer.
1: extraordinary but not just drummer this man is he's a renaissance man he's he's got (laughs) talents all over the
2: place it's it's insane you know i think i I, whenever i think a renaissance man i feel like i should be walking in with one of those like to harpsichord music and like yes you should you know like those those really jackets. So, you know, or like you know, like in the in the whatever sixteen seventy whatever those big frilly things that people would wear around Elizabethan frilly things around there. neck. I should be walking in. I'm a Renaissance man. You know, that's a good look. I think you know. I think once <laughs> we can start doing
1: leader dog shows, I think that should be your that should be your motif. I mean, frilly, it...
2: frilly uh, cravats. Prince <laughs> <laughs> Prince brought it, and I'm bringing sexy back. Right?
1: <laughs> Prince has to use it for a couple of years. I think, it's, I, think I think enough time has passed. That somebody can can pick up that mantle, and I think it should be you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh Which man! Which makes
1: me excited about the possibility of doing Leader Dogs live shows. Like this is this is this is very thrilling.
2: I can't even imagine, man. I'd, very I'd, thrilling. I thrilling. In this in this current climate, it, it seems it seems odd. But yeah, if we mm-hmm. if we could do it, oh my gosh, dude, that would, I'd love it. Not be today, but
3: you
1: know, one no, of these no.
2: days. But even so, one of yeah.
1: one of the things you brought to the to the table this time around. You have a business. Mm-hmm. You have a business that is, is very cool, very unique. You've, it's something that's developed over years. Tell me what you do.
2: Uh so I, I run a, your day job. a my, what you did, don't quit today job. It was okay. a uh I, I run a video marketing and production agency. So basically what my company does is uh like there's a lot of business let's say for example you make um uh whatever you, you make and a and, and rug hooking okay. whatever you know you do whatever you do that kind of thing you make uh, cozies tea cozies uh, and 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 that's what you do that's what you, you're a small organization you've you know you're maybe one person or two people that kind of thing but that's what you do and you need someone who will help you get a website together did all your media marketing together that type of thing because that may not necessarily be your specialty right and, and so I, what it's what started originally as simply doing just video, more video production exclusively has -hmm. has grown into now I'll work with your company. I'll get together with you. We'll figure out what it is that you're trying to do, what your business goals are. And we'll create, uh, like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll make a plan, a marketing plan. We'll put together all of your, your website, all your social media accounts. We'll get all your, your photos done. We'll do some video work for you that, that actually looks good. And uh, we'll use that all as your marketing material and we'll get you started and get you because every every business needs to have really almost every or every business, every organization, not for profit, whatever the case may be. You have to have you have to have a place online,
0: a central hub
2: where people can find you and that the socials help drive those things and bring them in. It's part of your your marketing funnel and, and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. But, but mostly at the core of it, it's video. That's what I, that's my love. That's what I do. And, and yeah, just fell into that one. Well, I was, I was talking to a
1: class yesterday. I was teaching a class yesterday and I said, if you walk into a job interview and you know nothing about the company, you have no excuse because any company, even if it's a startup of like, you know, hired four or five people and they've got a small shop, they've got some kind of media, social media presence or web presence somewhere out there. It's no excuse to say well I guess I there's no place I could research it so I didn't know you, you you have to be able to any company has to have an online presence. Yes. And so you your company which the name of the company is
2: Lafayette Film and Creative? Yes,
1: Lafferette. We'll make sure there's a link for that as well. Oh, the yeah, I can say that. that. Yep. Is 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 that you help business people understand that concept and take it from a you know so many people are are afraid or not sure what to do or don't even know where to start whereas you Get to be the the intro intro person to say, "Look, we we've got your back. We're going to help you develop your own presence."
2: Yeah, and I think you know it's funny. I, I I'll be honest with you, and and this is the thing I I love talking about it, and it also scares me at the same time because mm-hmm. for like technology isn't going to stop. And right. when when I first started into this, like I I'd re- rewind like the brief history. I was we had talked about it a little bit before the podcast that I I was playing with Thousand Foot Crutch. Yep. And I was getting to be later longer in the tooth. And, and I wasn't sure that this is really what I wanted to do a longer term, just because mm-hmm. it's it's unstable. And I, you know, whatever. And I wanted to do something. I decided to leave the band. And I was I was dating a girl at the time who would go on to be my future ex-wife. But mm-hmm. but having said that, she she worked in television. She was a she was a freelancer. And right. And this is before like right now everyone's got an iPhone and everyone can go out and shoot something and they edit it together and, you know, do whatever. You could almost do that really right on your phone. And, and, but at, at the time technology was not as such. And so if you worked right. in, in television, I mean, that was the thing. And so it was, it yeah, was really yeah. neat that I just, I just feel rare, rarefied air, right.
1: Y'all oh, do rarefied air to be working in television.
2: Yeah. And so it was cool. Like it, I just, it just so happened the door opened, she worked there uh, I would go and hang around and, and they were like, and I, and I was keen on learning, but they were like, Hey, you seem to be keen on learning. Do you want to join our freelance pool? And they just gave me opportunity after opportunity, after opportunity. And so it was great to be able to work at that level with people who understood real production and like yeah. real film and television work and, and to learn a lot of those things. But the, the the interesting thing about that though, is time doesn't stop and technology continues to evolve to the point now where I think video used to be something that was very elite, and and if you were going to do it at a certain level, you that that's still somewhat the case, but right everyone now has a has has a has a camera, and I think videos become kind of this ubiquitous thing that's it's everywhere, and and so now I think for a business if you're going to compete like like I have a yeah I do video production, but so does literally a guy up the street, and probably one who's a little bit further up the street from him, and so you have to do something that separates you. You have to evolve. You have to pivot. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, or adapt or your business is going to die. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's where like, I'll be honest with you, this whole like idea of being a marketing agency, it, it, I said, that's what I do, but then I was scared because I didn't know how to do Mm, that. I had to start teaching myself how to do it. And it was a whole new evolution of, 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 okay, yeah, sure. I'll market your business and, you know, and starting to learn how to do that and you grow and you learn how to do it. But I think you have to grow and adapt and, and, uh, and keep your business always, you know, fresh and new, certainly during this, this pandemic we've been going through that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to do that stuff. But I, the, the the good thing is, at least in, in what I do, it's all online and people are right. looking for, for content creators. Well, that's what yeah. we do. So that's, that's perfect. You can do a lot of the stuff from your own home, but anyway. Companies used to make
1: commercials and then it'd be on TV and they would hope that people would be watching TV while the commercials were on. Now I open up YouTube in the middle of my class. I've got ads that are running through YouTube and somebody obviously is not making those at home on their iPhone. They're spending the money and putting it and having a production company do it. Um, The nice thing, it sounds like you were able to develop your eye doing live television and doing television um, work so that at this point, yeah, anybody can do it. But if you want it to look professional, if you want it to look legit, then you have to hire Lafrette to be able to oh, well. put it together for
2: you. Well, I, I you appreciate know? that. There is, there in, is in an age when, in
1: age when anybody can do it. There's still an art. There's still an artistry. There's still a, an expertise. And uh, it sounds like you were able to develop your, your eye really.
2: Yeah. And again, it's, it's totally, I, I really just say like that, that God opened that door and I'm very thankful that he, that he did. Cause it was mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even something I would have even thought about doing, but, right. uh, but yeah, it's something I would say that in general, Anybody can go out and shoot, but just because you can edit doesn't really make you an editor. Now, there's still right. – don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of really talented kids out there and, and doing what they do. And, and But I think that there is a certain – level. there's a reason why Netflix has a certain – like they're, they're, they have a, an approved list of cameras that you can mm-hmm. use to do that because I think there's a certain level of of quality that people have come to expect that yeah. we know that when we're going to watch a movie, we're going to watch a film, or we're going to – whatever – if you're Ford, if you're you know whatever, you expect a certain level of quality. Absolutely, for your, for your commercials, for your the shows you're going to watch, the movies you're going to watch, and and that type of thing. And that only comes with experienced people who who know what they're doing. And 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 you know, I'm not saying, and again, I want to be careful because I, I don't want to, I want to discourage anybody because there's a lot of kids out there who have a lot of talent that were like me who didn't know anything about this stuff that just, you develop that eye. And I think that's what you were saying. You develop your eye and you, you get better at it and you do whatever. But I think, yeah, if you're a business and you're serious about what you do, it, it, it does pay, you know, you, you always get what you pay for. There
1: there, there is the Malcolm Gladwell principle of the 10,000 hours, right? That you really aren't really proficient at something unless you spent 10,000 hours doing it. You were doing it on TV. Yeah. And working, yeah, and working in that environment—that's you know a steady. You were, I think it was a daily, daily television, right? Live television. Daily I remember, I remember, television. I came and was a guest on one of the shows. Yep. And I saw how a full live television works. There's not very many live television productions. Period. Uh, no. You know, you've got Saturday Night Live. You've got uh, Regis and whoever. Or not even Regis. Oh, sorry. Did I see Regis? Oh, my you gosh. You did. I myself. Whoever. whoever <laughs> I already, see, that's the thing. I don't even know who's hosting that thing in the morning. But there's, <laughs> there's only a handful of live productions. And I remember I've watched documentaries about how SNL runs. Mm. It, is, it is unbelievable. It's beyond clockwork. Uh, it is, It is so precise and, like, changing in the middle. Skits get cut in the middle. Like, it's unbelievable how that machine works and they have the option of recording it and they just don't they won't do it like mm. it, it would take away something from the experience in my opinion yeah but yeah and, you work in that environment and, and got you know if you haven't got your 10,000 hours you got close to 10,000 over those I should years. think so I should yeah. think so yeah, yeah.
2: Which i've excellent. i've been given a lot of great opportunities and and uh You know, again, it's not because I was awesome at it. I I think it just, I had a willingness to learn and, and, and was willing to take direction from people who had already been where I was and, and uh, just being teachable and keeping Mm -hmm. that attitude of, of just, yeah, you know what? I don't know everything and, and I'm, but I am willing to learn and, and yeah, like there's been some, I've just had some really great opportunities and, and uh, now that I'm out on my own doing my own thing, it isn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think anybody who's who's kind of got the idea of, of, you know, I should, especially during this pandemic, I should maybe start my own business or do my own thing. And, and I encourage that. I think that's really cool. But I, I, you know, I would I would say that with a, a bit of caution to say, you know, you're going to have some sleepless nights and and understand that, if you know, it, it's not going to you're not going to necessarily make money right away. It's it's something you're going to be a learning process. It's not easy you know, running your own thing right. and doing your own thing. Yeah. But if you, but some people are suited for it. I don't even know that I'm fully suited for it because I definitely get sleepless nights, but I way prefer being on my own, trying to make this thing work mm-hmm. than, than working for someone else and, and, yep. uh, and hoping that their business doesn't fold. You, you know what I mean? Exactly.
1: And, and the nice thing too is that you can take clients from anywhere in the world. Yes. Anybody, anybody listening to this podcast across the planet, they could contact you and they could become your client. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is a nice, a nice uh, thing that you can offer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's a lot of, like I say, there's a lot of uh, businesses out there that, that they, you know, your product and you know, your market, but you need a creative partner that'll help get you, get you out into the Mm -hmm. world. And so that's, that's where I think that that's where my business comes in and, and says, you know what, we'll work with you. We'll learn all about your business and then we'll create the whole, Right from the beginning, we'll get your website together. We'll get you your Google rankings. We'll get you good SEO. We'll get you, you yeah. know, we'll start driving traffic to your website to try and get you more sales. We'll get some, we'll drive some of that engagement through social media, really good content on your social media. We'll help populate that stuff. We'll do it all for you. Mm-hmm. So so all you really have to do, you can be as involved or not involved as you want, and you can yeah. just, you know, but, but you could trust that that's what we'll, we're, we're working with, with you. And we don't, we don't take on too many clients at one time. I like to focus on you know so many clients at a time, just so that I can really give them my full attention and act like a member of. I want to be like I want to be your business ally, right? I want to mm-hmm. move the needle for you, and I want to be like a member of your team. So yep. that's yeah, that's the idea. That's
1: so you, in the middle of the pandemic, you, Derek, and Lyndon <laughs> completed an EP. You did a five-song EP. Brought Leader Dogs back from from a, a hiatus. Let's call it that. Yes, uh, from a break, twenty-ish uh, year break. And brought the leader dogs back with this new feel. This EP, so we were so focused on that over the last several months and getting that together. Uh, you know, I contributed my harp skills, uh, <laughs> yeah. which, which compared to the work all you did was uh, nothing. But that's no, okay.
2: Hey. But I know it just different. It was a different, different. Thing. It was a
1: different, different use of the skills. Yes. You what we we were so focused on on getting that thing together, we, we almost forgot all every skill that you just mentioned that you developed over the intervening years really came to play when it was time to start to put the record out right this ep out all of a sudden we've got these really cool video promos i was like oh yeah (laughs) we've got a a guy that when when he was in the band 24 years ago did not have these skills and now he's got these skills and it's working great for us for the band and for the promotion these these teaser you know how to cut i was going to mention it earlier but how to cut a trailer how to cut a teaser like you you have the skills to be able to give enough you know without giving it giving it all away
2: oh well thanks man Uh, i can't tell you
1: how many times many times janice and i have watched trailers at home and we've watched a trailer and we're like yeah i think i just saw the whole movie there is no point in renting that or finding it because i just saw it and so there's a there's an art to cutting a teaser cutting a trailer and what you did with feel this was you wet the appetite of the people that had been waiting for 24 years for a new leader dogs recording
2: Oh, thanks, man. Well, I, I, I certainly hope so. But I mean, you know, honestly, dude, that record wouldn't have come together. I honestly believe this. And I know I think the other guys that I speak for them, too. They, they, they Without you, I don't think this would have actually really been a, a thing. I think we had talked about it in that. But I mean, you have been as much a part of this band as any other member in the band, like we're, you know, you're really, you're the fourth Beatle, right? Like this is because that like, honestly, like without you pushing all of this stuff, I mean, that's great that I could go ahead and put something together and make a video and you know, whatever. And we write some music and it's fun and stuff. But, but even like with that, yes, you did contribute some, some, you know, some musical parts to this record. So you're literally on the record.
1: I'm literally on the record. My uh, and, first and, my first time ever being on Oh no, the podcast is on Spotify, but my first time being on Spotify on a on a musical recording.
2: There we go. And that's so, cool. you know, but beyond that, you were also the one that like without your constant promotion of the band and always being that that friend that would be like, "Man, I'll, you know, I'm going to tell everybody I know. And I'm sure. going to tell those 10 people to tell their their 10 people and you know that kind of thing. That's to me like that in large part that's you. That had done all that stuff, so I mean, it's it's great. The record's there, but it's 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 equal parts the work that you've put into helping promote this record. So I really appreciate all of that, man, and just oh, the fact that we get to work together. It is again, my joy. Oh man, this is this is this is dope.
1: It is my joy. I always knew we were going to be here. I didn't know when. I didn't know exactly how it was going to work out. I didn't know when everybody would be on board. But I never, I never doubted that we we, we would be back here. I certainly didn't think we'd be able to do it in remote locations and and never actually be in a room together and get this thing done. That still blows my mind. But mm-hmm. I always knew I always knew we were gonna get back here one of these days. It was kind of like you remember when <laughs> sorry, The Force Awakens, the first trailer, and there's Han Solo steps up out of the Millennium Falcon, he's like, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. <laughs> That's the feeling I had when I joined the Cheap Flight podcast. When I was we- like, Oh, we're all on board. Ooh, this is exciting. It was like Oh yeah. We were home. <laughs> it was like
3: <laughs>
1: it, was, it was one of my favorite parts of that film, and again, it, that was a trailer. It didn't give away too much, which was nice.
2: But. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. It. I mean, it's great to. I. I am so thankful to have all of us on board with this project and want to do it again. And I honestly, I didn't think personally. I know you had thought it would happen. I just didn't think it was ever right ever going to happen. I thought it was. And when it when it died, it you know 25 24 years ago, whatever. I mean, it was heartbroken. Yeah. I, this was the yeah. band I wanted to be in and it was, I was heartbroken. So I thought this is never, this is never going to happen. We don't live in the same cities. We don't live right. anywhere near each other. We're barely staying in touch. Like, I just don't think this is, mm-hmm. it's ever, it's ever going to happen. But you know, the, the given the, the times that we live in today and that's, and you, like you said, this is a, the funny thing about it is like, like, when they did the first record, which I wasn't a part of, but when they did it, you know, they recorded it at, at Pearl sound. Like the, think, yeah. it's, it's a big, expensive studio where lots of, it is big, big artists have gone through and, and big equipment and so on. But, but again, much like video technology changed We're now, you know, people like myself who I'm not a, I am not a mix engineer. I mean, I play drums, but I'm not a, I'm not an engineer. And, right. and so, but to be able to be in my own home now yeah. Yeah. and record drum parts that, that, that sounded like I'm thrilled with them as good as they sounded and being uh-huh. able to send them in. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just blown away that this is what we can do in, in, 2020 and who knows what we can do in 2021 i mean this is just amazing so yeah to record this record on like a shoestring budget mm-hmm. in in different studios never being in the same room and put this out amazing to me pretty it's crazy the, huh yeah it's the feel-good story of the year in my mind that you know these guys come out of obscur- obscurity from nowhere to do this and yeah on a shoestring budget and and we're and i think we're all happy with the way it sounded
1: which is a huge thing right Mm. each one of you as musicians again when we got the final mixes back from ty Tabor of king's x which was very cool is oh my goodness we highly we couldn't recommend uh, alien beans studios enough to any musicians that want to get their work mastered because he just brought everything back up it was we were really we're really happy with that plus we got to work with somebody from king's x which was awesome oh man Uh, king's x is so much a part of the leader dog's dna it's not even funny so totally having said that when we got everything back I listened to it oh a dozen times easily before I even talked to you guys. Like I, I just I had it on repeat and just kept listening to it over and over again.
0: Mm. But when it
1: came time to get everybody's opinion, I kept my mouth shut, which I'm not really good at. But <laughs> I was able to keep my mouth shut because I was like, I want to hear what the musicians have to say about this. I'm arguably not a musician. I'm a huge music fan, and I know how I feel about it. But I really wanted, I really wanted it to pass on every. I mean, I was so tense kind of waiting from the time we got the mix the the mastered copy back to the time we talked i was really tense because i was like i hope they like it like i really hope they like it i hope there's not oh we should have gone with somebody else or we should have done something differently um and so i just kind of reserved kept my mouth shut until everybody weighed in and everybody all three of you were like this sounds great we really like we're happy with it we're happy to put this out Mm mm-hmm which is a very high bar because your musical tastes are, are so eclectic and so high. Um, and I mean that in a good way. You you don't want to put it, as you said, right, you said about Lyndon, he didn't want to do Cornerstone unless it was going to be a big deal, unless he was going oh, to do yeah. it upright. Yeah, 100%. Just many years later, the standard was still the same. We're not going to put this out unless we're all on board that this is the best that we
2: could do. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah I think, and it and man, I'll tell you, getting to work with guys like, like everybody's gone on their own separate ways over twenty five years, and and played in different bands and done projects and whatever. But holy smokes, those guys! Mm-hmm. Like when we yeah. got back, you know, to listen to like Derek uh, Linden's writing just gets better and better, and the the stuff he's done, and stuff he brings, and his and his his uh, his recording abilities, his mix abilities mm-hmm. are are just ridiculous. And Derek, come on, like yeah, I don't even I don't even get that guy. Like as soon as he started, <laughs> you know. I don't know what, like, I thought, I I thought he was amazing back then, but now give me a break. Like, he's just like, he's he's earned it though. He's earned it now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he, he had, he had, he had the
1: voice, you know, it's like, but he's, he's lived it over the last several years. And when he steps up to the microphone, he's, he's owning those songs. Oh man. Which is, which is something
2: else. Yeah, well, and like Lyndon had said in other, uh, in, uh, in our in our Cheap Flight podcast, you know, like at the time when they were doing the Leader Dogs record, they knew they needed a singer. They didn't mm-hmm. know it was going to be Derek. And right. so he just was like, well, I don't know. I'm just writing these lyrics and, and melody lines and so on based on what a singer would do. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out to be Derek and Derek went in there and nailed it. So this time around, Lyndon was able to think, okay, this is how Derek's probably going to sing this and write it more toward him. And then Derek had the luxury of Going well? Can we do it this way? And can mm-hmm. I change this? Yep. And yep. and maybe go you know this route and whatever. And now it's really a better interpretation of I think what Derek would. Well, it is what Derek would do. Right. And right. And, and it's a uh, it. I mean, man, I cannot say enough good things about that guy. He's he's just gotten. He's like fine wine, man. He's just gotten mm-hmm. better and better. just yeah, Incredible.
1: Yeah. And I heard every step of the way in this recording project, and the stuff that you would add, the stuff that you would change up. You you just each one of you brought your own flavor to it, which in contrast to Lemonade, which is still a stellar album, this is a mix of three guys writing music together. Like oh yeah, each one of you, the input you gave, uh, is invaluable, invaluable. Thanks, man. And I know Lyndon has said like the idea of working on a on a a group project is so much more appealing than a solo project.
2: Oh yeah. It, yeah, everybody, and yeah, everybody brought them,
1: yeah. brought ideas you brought things in you know and and uh it just continued to add to the project and we can't we can't recommend it enough uh musically but also lyrically this is, this is some of the most important lyrics i've ever been involved with
2: oh yeah dude and i mean it wasn't well i mean even the whole the title of the ep comes from a conversation in our uh in yeah. our cheap flight podcast Chief flight, yeah. with, with with you and it really just kind of in the wake of the whole, you know, George Floyd murder, mm-hmm. that was just terrible. And and we and, you know, but I mean it was it was a good opportunity for us as white dudes right. in North in North America to stand yeah. back and just let like we just need to listen. We need to stand back and listen. What's going on? And sure, and yeah. you had you had talked about a story of uh that really everyone needs to hear. Mm-hmm. about it, a- Emmett Till and this was something and the part that struck me the most about it wasn't even so much the story it's that your mom had to tell you about it right like, that this was that that like this is something that was part of how you grew up that you needed to hear and it bothered me that as a white dude as your friend mm-hmm. who like you know you're a brother to me man and yeah. I and I and it had never occurred to me as as clearly a privileged white guy who never never thought for a minute Maybe this is maybe these stereotypes, maybe these things that are happening, are happening to somebody that I love. Mm, sure. And it's happening under my nose, and I don't even know that it's happening because I'm too oblivious to it because I'm a white privileged guy. And so it was interesting to 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 hear from you your heart on on it and to hear the things that you your mom would tell you about this this story of Emmett Till. And uh, and if and if you haven't, if anybody hasn't heard this story yet, just just Google this because yeah, this yeah. is something that needs to be needs to be heard yeah and and so i I think that uh you know for us that song needed to 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 come out and i think it was great to hear that hear your take on it and hear what you know It was through that that we wrote it. and that's i think that the title it's fitting that that's Mm -hmm. why we would would call it this because it's something that our our unfortunately our world unfortunately needs to hear today yeah
1: for for us and for the next because sometimes my concern is that these stories get lost Right. Mm-hmm. Like the story of mm-hmm. Emmett Till, if, if somebody researches the story of Emmett Till because of a song that we put together, that, if one person does it, I'm happy. That's amazing. I, I'm always concerned about stories being lost from generation to generation. And and we want to, you know, we want to have a concern for the next generation, for what mm-hmm. they learn and, and the, the lessons they get. And the, the continuation uh, and teaching of history is going to be extremely important over the years. Which brings us to the, the fact that in the middle of our recording process and, and doing Feel This and getting it out there, you became a dad. <laughs> which is wild, man. Which is wild. Like uh, let's, yeah. let's get a whole bunch of things done all at once. Let's uh, survive a quarantine, uh, record <laughs> record an album in uh, multiple locations where we don't actually meet face to face.
2: And let's say. And then there's an this. Enter this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, thanks, man. She was a bit of a surprise for all of us, but, uh, (laughs) but, you know, having, but she's here and uh, she keeps us, uh, keeps our life interesting. And uh, she's, you know, she's your typical two month old. She doesn't sleep a ton when she does. It's great. When she doesn't, it it may not be so great, but she's, (laughs) she's great. It's, it's interesting to, I never, you know, all a full disclosure. I never wanted to be a dad. I wasn't, it wasn't something I was trying to do. Um, Right. But it did happen, and so I'm going to certainly do the best I can uh, to 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 raise this child in the way that she should go. And and uh, but yeah, <laughs> she's uh, she's definitely cute. And uh, yeah, we'll day day at a day at a time. You know, see how all this goes. And yeah, uh, but yeah, no, she's she's great. She's great. she's two two months yesterday.
1: Yeah, you you two as parents is is a very cool thing to behold. It is a very cool thing to behold. So it's it's weird. <laughs> again we're remote but we're all there <laughs> if you need anything again my kids are all adults now uh, and I, I gotta say this is this is one of the lessons that you and i shared from years past is that uh, there were several times one of my kids were teenagers that i really i wanted to build a sign that said i lied to my parents and put them <laughs> on the front lawn uh, which would have been a lot more visible where we lived than where you yeah. live I, oh, yeah. I saw this i witnessed this firsthand Driving to Jeff's house, somebody put their kid on the on the porch with a huge sandwich sign that said, "I lied to my parents." And I and I wasn't a parent at the time, but I remember thinking, "I don't know if that's good parenting." I, I you know I, I question. I don't know if, if Doctor Spock would uh, you know recommend that as a as a valid uh, tool for discipline. Uh, but fortunately, I'm I, I'm proud of the fact that I did not resort to that. Uh, over the, especially during the teenage years when uh, the truth was, uh, you know, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can, I can happily say that I resisted the temptation. I had it built. I just didn't uh, put it on any of them. And uh, I don't think you're going to need it either.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I hope not. Yeah,
1: I don't even have one ready. And uh, it, it I, I've read, I've done a little bit of research. It's not
2: good parenting. Oh, turns <laughs> out. <laughs> Yeah, well well I think album cover. Talk me off the ledge though. Does it get easier when they become teenagers or does it just become a different thing? Or how does what what does that what am I what am I in for? It's the nature of the relationship in my again, my dime store
1: diagnosis, the nature of the relationship changes over time. Uh certainly like the teenage years, it's it's they're trying to def- they're trying to figure themselves out, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got to give them the ability to have some space to to figure themselves out. But in my in experience, it comes back around. We've already, you know, it, it's the 22 and 24. We're already starting. We've, we've seen it over the last several years. The conversations we have, even though the, there's conversations during teenage years are, yep, yep, good. How's school? Good. Great. Like very, <laughs> very one answered questions. We have long, drawn out conversations with our kids now about all kinds of stuff. Okay. Because they've they've kind of come out of the high school thing. If you can, my thing is if you can get them through high school. I think I think it's it's a big that's a big step these days to get your kids through high school. Um, okay. Just because high school is never never the greatest thing. Uh, oh no, for most people. No. Um, and 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 honestly, it's just it's just listening. It's just keeping the conversation open uh, has been our experience. Uh, you know, letting them letting them tell you anything. Uh, even when when they, what they tell you makes you want to scream you just resist it and then you go for <laughs> a drive and then you just let it all out but but the ability for them to come in and, and basically say anything like this is what i'm going through this is what i did this is what i posted on social media whatever uh, the ability to kind of wait that out and and try not to react is uh is pretty crucial to getting them through those teenage years for sure
2: it's funny there are times when I, I think to myself like I cannot picture Ryan like being at the end of his rope and being like that's it go to your room <laughs> oh, or what I just cannot I'm sure it's happened but oh, I yeah. can't picture Oh yes
1: it has happened yeah it is you know? it, it's happened during those years where, like uh Ryan needs to go for a drive. Just <laughs> cool off a little bit
2: neutral corners
1: I will tell you I have used the phrase I don't know who you think you're talking to I've used that uh several times. <laughs> several
2: times. And I would imagine Sometimes too. It Sometimes it there's worked. there's this whole idea of like, you know, cuz we grew up together. So yeah. it would be it would be amazing to me to hear a child be like, "You don't get it, dad. You don't <laughs> understand, dad." And I'm like, "You're talking about Ryan. Don't you understand? You child, you know nothing." Like <laughs> Oh, oh no. yeah, he he doesn't get it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, who do you think we're talking to?
1: We're, we we it, it was it was fun. I mean, the fact that the three of them were kind of close in age too certainly helped things a lot. But um I think in our situation, and I've talked about this before, is that the, the blessing was is that we were kind of the stable, you know, stable for our kids. Like the, sure. they knew they knew where their, you know, where their home was during all those years and you know there was a lot of change a lot of things going on sure uh, but they knew that they knew that our place was home and uh you know i, th- I thought that, i think that was a big part of it uh of, of helping get them through those years not that not that i'm still not getting them through these years they're going through now it, it <laughs> the job doesn't end it just it all i can say and this is a very long drawn out way of saying no. the relationship shifts over time right you're right. the you're the right. police officer you know during those years and then you become the advisor then you become the counselor like you know it, it it changes uh you when you get to say you can't do this or you can't do that when they're 19 and 20 you can't really say that anymore or you shouldn't be anyway
2: yeah they're, they're kind they're, of exactly. sh- they should be equipped enough to make their own decisions and yeah
1: you've give you've given them all you can and it's it's time for them to i think that's where arrested development starts to happen when we try to coddle them and keep them, you know, and try to still tell them what to do when they're in their 20s when they're adults and they're making their own decisions.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, when they when they decide they're going to move out, you know, yeah. when they're in the case yeah. like with, with your kids and they, they move out and they're making their own decisions. You're there to, to help you know, hey, I've I'm I'm in a bit of this sticky situation, or here's what's gone on, and I get that these are all new things. They're they're <clears> navigating <throat> life. We were all there, you know, sure. at one time, yep. and so yeah, at this point, it's it's fine to step in and go, sure, I'll I'll help you with that, or I'll help you know whatever the case may be. But but to tell them, no, you're not you're not doing this, you're not going there, right. whatever. I right. mean, really, at that at that point, the, I think the idea of you know, I, I don't want to use I don't know how to put this exactly, but your parenting is kind of. Done, you're now like a, yeah, you're, yeah. you're an advisor. I assume the, the
1: relationship changed,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, it's it's
1: um, I lost my train of thought. I was gonna say something very profound, but I can't remember. What it was. <laughs> this was the gold, man. <laughs> it was the gold, that was the one. This was the kicker. <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, I don't remember what it was, man. Oh, well, these, oh, things, these things happen sometimes. I'm sorry, it's I interviewed a live podcast, I love it. <laughs>
2: oh man no no
1: it's it's all it's all learning is 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 basically uh you know again keeping the keeping the communication open i can't stress that enough uh will get you through so much letting letting your child know that they can come to you with anything yeah even if it's not pretty even if it's not you know Mm -hmm. they can come to you with anything and you're not going to lose it like you, you you the idea and the ability is that Can conveying that you can handle it or you're there you're there to 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 listen to them and you'll help them even if you don't know how you're going to do it at the time right Right. then you can go figure it out okay this is how i'm going to get through this this situation so it's
2: uh day at a time
1: yeah exactly it's being it's being that support you know what it is it's it's making sure your kids know you love them Hmm. if you go back i mean there's so many we saw king's act so many times live over the years. Oh but yeah, there, there there was so much wisdom that he would like he would Doug would get into his preaching mode, and he one of the things he used to say I think I heard it twice he would say tell your kids you love them tell your kids you love them, and I was like man I didn't have kids at the time but I I would think about that and go oh this guy's talking from experience he's talking from from some mm-hmm. hurt from some hurt and he and he's telling people and he's not a parent but he would tell people like tell your kids you love them tell your kids you love them mm-hmm. and those kind of things ring more in my ears than most of the other shows I've seen in my life. Like some of the things that he would say from the stage that really start
2: oh, Yeah. Oh, they, dude, he's, I think he's absolutely amazing. And, and uh, yeah, I'm so I love, glad we had those opportunities to I love, see those guys live.
1: Have you heard, have you heard him say uh, there is no Christian music? There is no, it's all music. It's just music. The way he says it is so confident and it, and it totally makes sense. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's just music. Like, it can, make, it can pick you up, it can bring you down, it can do all the stuff, but it's just music. I'm like, man, that that there's more wisdom in that than a lot of the stuff I heard growing up.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, which, absolutely. Which,
1: which is why I'm so excited about this album, because it's like, it's just music. It's just for p- anybody to pick up. They can find it anywhere. You can listen to Feel This and the songs anywhere right now. And there's no labels on it. It's just music. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love your yeah, con- man.
1: I love your contributions to it. I think I think you should be commended for just putting your own flavor to that record and I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the work that you did, but I'm I'm always proud of you. You know
2: that. Oh, thanks brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was it was great and I appreciate that they gave me the opportunity to speak into it like i mean as much as lyndon really cares about doing things a certain way and and you know whatever lyndon made it clear from the beginning this isn't lyndon and the leader dogs right yeah this is all of us and so you know it, they they were very cool to um especially lyndon as a writer to go no like if you like the whole intro part there for feel, uh the first song uh restless Thank you. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but like that whole thing. I just came with like, yeah, you, you know, shapishly. What, what do you think of this? You know, whatever. And it went over, you know, but I appreciate that. Lyndon gave the opportunity to go. Yeah. dude, you know that? That's I was thinking something else, but that'll do, you know, that type yeah. of thing. And, yeah. and that was, so yeah, that was really, that was great, man. I appreciate yeah. it.
1: Plus it's important to note Lyndon and the leader dogs would have been the worst band name ever. hundred percent. It just sounds yeah. terrible. Don't like it. Don't like it <laughs> for the record.
2: Thank you, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. Always good to talk to you. Always. We'll talk next on the cheap flight. I like it. All right, man. Have a great day. All right, brother. All right, buddy.
2: Bye-bye. Stop.